Welcome back to the show for event planners around the world. With me today is CEO and founder of Unsilenced Voices, a global nonprofit that empowers survivors of domestic violence, sexual assault, and human trafficking to live safe and happy lives. Introducing today's guest, Michelle Jewsberry. Michelle's organization, Unsilenced Voices, provides a direct financial assistance to survivors and education to communities in the United States, Ghana, Rwanda, and Sierra Leone, leading the nonprofit sector with its integration of blockchain technology. Michelle is also a world-renowned author, playwright, and motivational speaker. So let's welcome her to the show. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to the show. We are so excited to have you. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm great, Savannah. Super excited to be here as well. Yes. Well, in the beginning, I kind of introduced you to the listeners. But as the founder of Unsilenced Voices, I could you tell us a little bit about the organization and its overall mission? Yeah, of course. So Unsilenced Voices was founded in 2017. I am a survivor of domestic violence. And because of what I went through, it had propelled me to do something even more with my story. And when we started, I had connections in Ghana and Sierra Leone. So we actually began our programming with a a partner organization called the ARC Foundation in Ghana, and then expanded to Sierra Leone, where we have managers and and supervisors on the ground. We do many different things from sensitization programs to vocational training, to uh, educating girls to get off the streets, uh, to even helping out with food in different villages and uh, savings box programs. And then in 2020, we expanded to Rwanda, We have two partner organizations in Rwanda. We do everything from education to vocational training to even helping with kids' school supplies, uh, primarily children who have been impacted due to domestic violence and sexual abuse issues. And then in uh, 2022, this past year, we expanded to the U.S. We did a four-city tour called A Blanket of Hope. It was all about collaboration coalitions um, and working together community to create an even better world. So we partner with different organizations in the cities that we go to. Uh, we have everybody present. We invite survivors to come, victims to come, obtain services that they need. We've been partnered with Amazon Workforce Staffing so they can provide job opportunities in the area. And this year, we were able to gift over $30,000 to 26 survivors in the wow. USA um, for their transportation needs or uh, food or housing costs. Uh, and then we are uh, we have an advantageous program for the next couple of years, but we definitely are expanding in the U.S. and then beyond. Wow. Yeah, I was looking at your guys' website and you do are doing so many events and it's it's amazing. Um, and it's just really empowering to give survivors a voice essentially and and so the support they need, I'm sure, you know. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. Uh, when you go through domestic violence or sexual abuse or trauma, even trafficking, mm-hmm. sometimes you, you're unaware of what you're going through at the time. And then it's only until afterwards when you when you look back that I was like, wow, I wish I would have had these services or wow, yeah. I wish I would have had this education. So that's why we're doing this is because it's mm-hmm. so important to educate. You don't know what you don't know. So it's all about uh, informing yeah. people. Yeah. And even trauma in general, I think it's really important to just have 
groups or someone that you can relate to and someone that's like, I, you're not alone. Um, mm-hmm. So again, yeah, that's amazing what you guys are doing. Thank and you. Your organization allows individuals to get involved in a variety of ways, such as through donations, events, sponsorships. What advice would you give other nonprofits when it comes to increasing the involvement of their followers that you find? Um, well, the, the biggest advice that I would actually give to other organizations is that it's not the work of one organization that can do everything. I really, really am an advocate of coalitions and collaboration. And by doing the Blanket of Hope events, it's really made me aware of how many organizations do not want to actually collaborate. And I believe a lot of that is because we all compete for the same grant money. And unfortunately, some organizations don't realize that there are there is enough money to go around. And we need each other in order to serve the best that we can so things don't fall through the cracks. So with other organizations, it's let's collaborate. Let's work together. Let's do something jointly so that we can serve an even greater populace. And I think that that is just extremely important. And outside of that, with other organizations, you know, be open, open your doors, Mm -hmm. um, do events, uh, invite people to come out. I know that, uh, especially in the Tampa area where we're looking to start a day center in the next couple of years, uh, a lot of what is slipping through the cracks is, you know, like uh, feeding and um, activities for training and fun and things like that, that, um, I went to this community outreach event that had about 20 different other organizations involved and I learned what was missing. So come in and don't try to compete, but come in and, and supplement and, and make better the, the area that you're serving by just filling the spaces that are needed. Yeah, I, that's a really good point. I feel like our brain, um, maybe not so much as nonprofit. Um, as much as like businesses, we're so hardwired to compete mm-hmm. um, that people miss the collaboration um, part of it. And it could be so beneficial to get more people involved. Yeah, um, 100%. Yeah. <clears throat> so would you say the same thing for like fundraising events, collaboration, um, you know, to get the most out of your event? So it would be a bit more difficult to have a fundraising event that is collaborative. Mm-hmm. However, you can, uh, you would just have to split donations accordingly. We haven't done a collaboration fundraising event yet, but definitely it's in our roster and we would be open yeah. to that. Um, but as far as fundraising, you know, what's really important is to provide your audience with a fun time. I remember one of our first fundraising events and I, decided that we should do education in the in the event and it it didn't have the big bang like a lot of fundraisers do mm-hmm. and i realized that maybe not focusing on the the greedy statistics and details of domestic violence sexual abuse and trafficking and focusing on the hope so focusing on inspire and and uh recovery and what you can do with your story after you overcome trauma and after you obtain services, but really providing the people that come with a great time. So we have a fundraiser coming up in December in Las Vegas, where we have a not so dueling piano player that's coming and it's going to be, you know, open bar and dancing and dinner. And we'll have 
um, one or two speakers and that's all. And just making it a fun event where there'll be silent and live auction items and just um, a lot of great, great things. Do you guys ever do like virtual fundraisers? Have you ever... Because I know um, hybrid and virtual events are becoming really big now. We haven't done a virtual fundraiser. Mm-hmm. Um, I also run an LLC where I help and coach people. I've done a lot of virtual events in regards to speaking and telling my story yeah. or doing like corporate events, things like that. But we haven't done a virtual fundraiser. I have been to a couple and they they tend to work well. I just think that the in-person events give it a, a more of a... Oh, thing. yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. Especially, you know, with COVID, everybody, you know, we got used to doing Zooms and got used to uh, Zoom hopping, right? And Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. Right. We all got sick of it because we had to do it. So now there's a lot of people eager and mm-hmm. wanting to dress up and wanting to go out to a to a fun dinner and dancing and and uh, just a fun time. Yeah. And that's the thing too. A lot of people work remote, uh, work on their computer. So it's like, it's asking a lot of someone to go from working and then going to this event that's also on the computer. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a fan of that either. I actually uh, think that in-person is still better. You yeah. know, I, I was reading a book. I'm, I'm trying to remember. Um, it was called Societal Shift, and I, I forget the author's name right now, uh, but it was all about human trafficking and social media. And it's interesting. And one of one of her lines, and I'm paraphrasing here because I don't remember the exact quote, but she yeah. ended up saying that human beings need our senses. Like we need touch, smell, taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need those five senses. And when you're typing with your thumbs on your phone, hence on social media, or hence just using Zoom, mm-hmm. we are missing those senses. And it's extremely important to be able to touch and taste and feel and laugh together. Um, because that's what human beings are. We are meant for for joint collaborations and participations together and building friendships and relationships. So so yes, I'm a, I'm a huge advocate for in-person, not virtual. Uh, I know virtual can be successful, but like you said, you know, you're working from home and all of us are. I mean, even myself, I work from home all the time. I'd like to get out, you know, I, I, I push, I kick myself in my butt sometimes just to make it to the gym. So I get out <laughs> of the house, yeah. <laughs> but it's so important, right? Yeah, no, it's crazy. I've actually was been working from home for a while before COVID and it it's really nice and it's interesting now because everyone wants to work or they at least did wanted to work remote. But now I'm like, I've been doing this for so long. I'm ready to actually go back and like talk to people <laughs> and yeah. see people and it's time. Um, yeah. And I think employers are realizing that, but they're also understanding that when you do work remotely, when you work from home, you actually get more work done. Mm-hmm. Uh, being in the office, it would just be more of a... Um, camaraderie and and that that will help with the psyche right now i know that this isn't what we're discussing but <laughs> it's fine. mental health is a huge oh, yeah. issue uh all around the world right now and a lot of that is because we don't have those five senses that are being engaged mm-hmm. yeah and people are lonely and yeah it's crazy yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. The uh. world is, is nuts. You know, I, I was reading a stat the other day and right now the, um, this generation coming up has the lowest IQ of any generation ever born. And I, I believe I tend, that <laughs> I tend to wonder, you know, wh- why is that? And a lot of it is our lack of uh, mm-hmm. communication. And, um, you know, this is also something that's really important, like the human trafficking area. We, we've learned a lot that uh, predators uh, will pinpoint young people on social mm-hmm. media, on um, virtual uh, events, and, and then just, you know, meet them in person, then they get trapped, right? And, and these, if kids aren't able to communicate well, then they can't communicate what they might think is wrong. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot that we can do. You know, I, uh, I talk a lot to different organizations and do a lot of uh, events in person and virtual. Mm-hmm. And, and I talk about how it is so important to, to teach people communication, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, my, my very good friend, his name is George Chanos. He is the former attorney general of the state of Nevada. And he has said that one of the most important traits in the 21st century for anybody to acquire is empathy. And right now we don't know how to have empathy towards one another, whether it's uh, America or Russia or Ukraine or the Middle East or Iran, what's happening in Iran with the hijabs. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's really insane that the injustices have become part of our everyday life. That's an interesting observation. Yeah, it's very sad. And it's something that seems like it should come natural or it should, you know, empathy or even sympathy. It's, yeah, it's hard to fathom that that's yeah. such a hard thing to to have. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's sad, but yeah. But we can do something about it, right? Yeah. So, so this, yes. is, this is why we're on this this <laughs> podcast. You know, it's, exactly. it's important to, you know, spread awareness. Yes. To talk about the things that are happening around mm-hmm. the world, but then coming together and we can make a difference. One person really can do a lot more than you think. And I remember when I started on Silence Voices, I was like, little old me, what am I going to do? You know, I was born in a small town. I grew up yeah. to two amazing parents that I, uh, you know, I didn't think I was going to run a, a million dollar organization. I didn't think that I was going to be operational in multiple different countries around the world. And it's mm-hmm. not just me, it's, a, it's our team, right? But because I chose to speak up, I chose to use my story for something even greater than myself then things are happening and one person can create a domino effect of change throughout our communities. Yeah. And I think that takes so much strength to take, to transform basically trauma and turn it into something, something good that can come out of it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I, I have a boot camp coming up uh, in a couple of weeks actually in, in Florida. And it's all about turning your story into a mission, ministry, movement, nonprofit, or business. But the the first step is always recognition, right? Recognize Mm -hmm. what it is that you've gone through and not making yourself a victim uh, or even not making yourself an abuser. Uh, It's just understanding the facts and not making it mean anything. And then from there, you can use your experiences, your intellectual intelligence to then educate the rest of the world. And that's what's so important. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. 
And I know we were talking about awareness. And that was another question I had for you for nonprofits, basically starting out. And like you said, little you starting a, a, your nonprofit, what advice would you give them for starting to spread awareness for their cause? Like, where do they even begin? It might um, seem overwhelming. It, it, it is overwhelming. I, I totally understand that. You have this big vision and then oftentimes that, that vision changes or uh, the steps to get there changes. And I would just say, just keep moving forward. You know, there's a, there's a quote that I always say, if you've ever seen the movie Finding Nemo, uh, Dory swims and all she sings is just keep <laughs> swimming, right? Just keep yeah. swimming, just keep swimming. Uh, I also like to live by the quote that God can't steer a parked car. So as long as you are moving in the right direction or moving in a direction, you can be steered differently. And I remember when I first started, I had no idea... Um, how how large this would get or um, how far we would go. And I, I just had this idea that I wanted to help. And I just went, you know, I ended up meeting a Ghanaian doctor that lived in Los Angeles that said, hey, why don't you go to my country? And I said, okay. So take the opportunities that are presented. Because if you start off with a passion and a purpose and a mission, then you just have to start saying yes to the opportunities and the action items that you can do. And I think that that's, that's what we should focus on as, as people who are wanting to impact the world mm -hmm. is just start taking action, no matter how small or how big, you never know where, where you plant your seed, you never know where the tree is going to grow. Yeah. And I also like this quote, and it is kind of cheesy, but it basically Oh, I got it. Um, sorry, I had it. And I was like, um, basically, oh, yeah, nothing good comes easy. Cheesy. That is but very true. Oh, so true. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. Yeah. I mean, yeah. everything takes takes work. Anything worth a damn takes work. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, same same type of content concept. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, just, you know, just keep keep moving forward. Don't let your your neighbors, your brother, your sister, your cousins, or your husband, or your wife, or your mom or dad tell you, you can't do it, you know, because always look at your life. And then the lives of the people that are giving you advice, do you want their lives? And if you don't, if you don't want to live like them, then don't listen to them. And I will tell you right now, that coaches and mentors and people that uplift you mm -hmm. will always uplift you. They will never, ever tear you down. It's going to be your friends that you drink wine with after work at the bar or do happy hours with or go have beers with at, at a Rams game, you know, that are going to tell you that you can't succeed. Don't listen to those people. You don't want to be sitting on a bar stool when you're <laughs> 60 years old, right? So yeah. just keep going, just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And you can and will achieve success. Um, it may not be exactly what you want, it could be even better, could be different. Mm -hmm. However, if you just move, you will achieve some type of success. Yeah, 100%. And I think the last thing I did want to ask you because I think this would also help um, nonprofits that are looking to partner with sponsorships and and not really knowing 
kind of how to go about that. Go about that. I I wanted to know your process, like the process of becoming a sponsor for your cause. So, or kind of how you partner with them. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to go at this two different ways. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about being the face of your organization, being the CEO um, and what that entails. And I think it's very important to network and your network is your net worth is what my coach tells me often. And it's all about branding, right? So you have to make sure that all your T's are crossed and your I's are dotted. You, you need to go out. You need to shake hands with people. You need to meet people. Relationship capital is what will grow you the most. So I talk to a lot of organizations that are kind of shocked that we're growing. One of the reasons we are growing is because I am out there hustling. I go to events. We are changing our, our and shifting our dynamic a little next year, but I'm still going to be out networking. I'm still going to be making phone calls and shaking hands with people. You know, fundraising, I used to view as an annoying part of running a nonprofit organization. However, it is an essential part. So when you want to attract a sponsor, whether it's an individual or a corporation, you first grow that relationship. You um, ask them how their children are doing. Uh, what do they like to do for fun? Grow the relationship to where if you give them a phone call and it's not scheduled, they'll still pick it up. And I think that's important to remember. So when, as a CEO of an organization, just remember that the other CEOs of corporations and other CEOs that you want to attract to become sponsors for your organization, they're busy as well, you know? So, so invest time into building those relationships. Yeah. And that's, that's the main thing that I would want to say. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, thank you again so much for coming onto the show and not only sharing your advice, but sharing your story and um, your organization that possibly could help someone listening today. So is there anything you would like to say to the listeners before we go? Um, Yeah, I would like to uh, give a couple of free gifts. If you uh, are on your computer and you go to unsilencemyvoice.com, again, it's unsilencemyvoice.com, you can get some information about steps to overcome challenges. If you go to unsilencedvoices.org, there are, uh, there is a resources section. You can download a list of resources. Um, but really the, the last thing that I'd like to leave with you is, is believe in yourself. And I think that that is something that we don't do these days. And we allow social media to impact us. We allow other people's words and criticisms to impact where we're going. And I would highly suggest just believe in yourself, invest in yourself, read good books, listen to amazing podcasts like this one, <laughs> get inspired and and just keep going. Yeah. And if I can add to surround yourself with people that believe in you. Yeah. That, you know, a support system is if you can find one is is amazing. Um, but I will link everything you've mentioned in the show notes so everyone can find those links and those resources. And yeah, thank you again for coming onto the show. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Savannah. And 
Hope you and everybody listening has a great rest of your day.